forget everything you've ever heard about dieting. What if you could eat the foods you love and find a way to get fit that was actually enjoyable? Welcome to Have It All with Devin Alexander. The chef from TV's Biggest Loser has lost 70 pounds and kept it up for over 30 years. She has also helped others to stop yo-yo dieting and actually transformed their lives. Now, here's your host, Devin Alexander. Hey, everyone. Happy Wednesday. I'm so excited to be here, and I have an awesome guest for you today. Um, I will introduce him in a second, but right now, his name is Anthony Trucks. And he went from foster care to the NFL. And you may have seen him the other night on Ninja Warrior. And he seriously is a total rock star warrior who transforms other people's lives now. But I'm going to give you my quick Jelly Bean update before we jump into that formally. So Jelly Bean got teeth this week. Um, which I think all parents know means that I'm tired. <laughs> um, she's been teething for a while, and this was since last week. Like her teeth have literally, she has two little front teeth on the bottom that have popped up a little bit, um, which I don't know is so thrilling for me. Um, except that she bit me the other night, so I'm gonna have to report her to the social. I'm just kidding. I'm not really reporting her to the social worker, but it's kind of funny. They're worried about me abusing her, and sometimes I'm like, huh, she abuses me. Um, she doesn't really. She's the sweetest thing in the whole world. But um, yeah, so I'm still just awaiting. I go um, back to court in a week or so to just, you know, they check on a child's progress every six months. So got to go do that. Um, I'm actually not even required to go, but of course I'm going to. And then in September, as I said before, is when they may actually terminate her parental rights and orphan her, in which case I would be able to adopt her. So please continue to send prayers for September um, and make sure that, you know, we just have to make sure that everything's happening properly, all the filing and stuff, but there's still nobody for her. Um, so I am just the most blessed person, even though I'm tired, I'm, I'm just over the moon. Like she seriously is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. So on that note, um, especially since I'm so excited, I didn't even realize that my guest came from foster care. I knew or was ever in the foster care system. I knew he was an NFL rock star. I knew he's transformed tons of lives. I obviously saw him on Ninja Warrior, and everybody knows I know Akbar, uh, one of the hosts, because he wrote the forward to my most recent book, You Can Have It. Um, but from foster care to NFL and successful serial entrepreneur, Anthony Trucks has created a life and business that many would think impossible if they had only heard of where he began. He's the founder of Trust Your Hustle, which is a business, a message, and a method that teaches people exactly how to trust your hustle so you can have a dope a star star life. <laughs> we all know I don't swear. So, um, Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Actually, I, I don't swear either, which is why there's two stars. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> How do people say that without swearing? <laughs> they, they just they do like you just did. Adult oh. ASS life. I guess that's cool. it's the, the close you can do. You can spell it. You can spell it out. Uh, you don't have to, okay. Yeah, that's about as close as it gets. Love it. You know what's so funny about that? I was actually I'm working on you know some stuff for the freshman fifteen, and I was gonna put like F the freshman fifteen, and I'm like, can I even do that? Um, <laughs> it's I guess it, a personal thing. I mean, I'm, I'm a man of faith and I don't yeah it's one of the reasons I don't but it's funny because there's, there's certain I guess in my mind I feel like cuss words have a certain place you can use them to, for, for effect I don't use them just to talk randomly but there can be a place for effect and I think in our society today for some reason that has a little bit of effect which is why you uh you saw it on my bio 
No, I mean, it's so true. I, I don't mean to be like, um, to be difficult at all. You're right. It is funny because everybody, you know, everybody does use it a lot more than I do, I guess. Um, yeah, same. So anyway, but much more importantly, um, so I would love to hear your journey. I mean, I'm sure that's a million hours long, but basically, um, if you don't mind sharing how you ended up in foster care and then how you got out would be important. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much uh, a crazy story. We're not going to go. We'll go to the Reader's Digest, Virgis, whatever I've been told yes. it's called. But um, at three years old, I was given away into foster care, me and my three siblings. Uh, and we bounced around from house to house uh, for about three years. And I went through a lot. I was I was beaten in some homes, starved in some homes, tortured, like a bunch of weird stuff. Um, and then at six years old, I was uh, really shut off from the world because that had happened to me. And then I got put into a family, which is my family now. Uh, the difference is I'm, I'm a black man and I'm an all-white family. So I'm the only guy that looks like me in, in family pictures. So that's kind of a, <laughs> a unique piece to it. And so for the next uh, about eight years, I was still in the system. Uh, and then you'd mentioned parental rights. Those didn't get severed till I was 14 when I had to stamp in court in front of a judge and in front of my real mom and say, I no longer want you to be my mom anymore, which was a really tough thing to do, but it was necessary for me to kind of grow as a, a human. Um, and so I progressed on. The unique thing was, although I was in this family, we were really poor, so we didn't have much. And for me, a lot of the my upbringing was just kind of navigating life, being uh, kind of like the the guy that doesn't really truly fit in, I guess, because I wasn't, you know, always you know looking at you know from standpoint. I didn't look like everybody else. Um, at school, I was always in trouble. Just a lot of weirdness. So for me, I had this always this emotional kind of roller coaster going on in life, and then. I got to this point where I had it all pinned up, and I, I came across this cool thing that I really love doing. Uh, it's hitting people, not getting in trouble, which for me is football. Ah. Like, not walking around <laughs> town, actually hitting people. But I went across football, and I love this thing. What I find is, is a lot of us as people, we have these things we love, but we start out being really bad at them. And that's how I started out at football, and I, I was not good. Uh, and I got to a moment in time, which I think all of us get to, which is it's just too hard to chase this thing we love. And I chalked it up. At the same time, my adoptive mom got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Um, my brother, who was like my rock, my older foster brother, I was one of six in that ha uh, family, and it's family now. Um, he went off to the military and kind of left me hanging, and I was just kind of figuring out how to navigate the, the waters. And I had these excuses in my head of saying, you know what, you're bad at this thing you love. You're not supposed to do great. You're, you're a foster kid. Like, you know, you're not set up for success. And, and I didn't even know it, but if you look at any prison in America, 75% of the inmates are former foster kids. So like we're not set up to do well statistically. And I had this girl in, the, in the, this English class, Mr. Howell's English class of all classes, and she's sitting next to somebody else. And I'm like half asleep, you know, eating a bag of cinnamon toast crunch with a, a jacket over my head because I'm trying to pretty much sleep through class. Yeah. And she says this thing that, that really was simple yet powerful for me. And, and what she said to the other girl, having no idea I was listening, was, well, the reason I'm so bad is because I'm in foster care. And it was... Uh -huh. For me, unique because it was the first time that I had heard somebody verbally say my excuse out loud. And when <laughs> you get to that point in life where you hear somebody say it and you realize how bad it sounds, it wakes you up. And I wow. just I remember going home and I woke up and I was like, that can't be my future. I can't sit here and say, you know, because I'm a bad dad or a criminal, it's because I was in foster care. So I was like, I'm going to try to find a way to be great. And I didn't know what great was. At 15 years old, as a 15-year-old boy, it's like, I'm going to be great at getting girls' phone numbers or great <laughs> So... Uh, I chose sports and, and I, I went and worked and, and I did this one thing that I've applied to my life now and I try to teach people um, is you got to put in work, an incredible level amount of work before you know you'll be successful. 
everybody waits to, to know or see like, oh, maybe this might work out before they start working. But that's the, the biggest way to kill yourself, like in, in success wise. Right. So what I started doing was just lifting all the weights I could run and route, just putting the work in. And sure enough, it worked out. I came back the next year faster, stronger, and it progressed me into getting a college scholarship a couple of years later. I was able to play in the NFL for three years. Uh, came home, opened a gym uh, where I've, I've now since 2008 had a gym called Trucks Training. I've consulted for large corporations for hundreds of thousands of dollars, written books. I travel the world and speak on my personal story. And I do a little Ninja Warrior stuff. I do a bunch of weird things, man. I love it. Yeah. I, SS life is what I try to try to explain it as. I got uh, an amazing wife, my high school sweetheart. I got three amazing oh, kids. Wow. I just, I got a cool life. And all I'm doing now is trying to pass whatever I can on to other people to help them create the same for themselves. Well, I love all this because I know a lot of people, you know, think that, successful people you know had rich parents and they had this and that and I mean it's uh, first of all the foster care like I'm so sorry that you were beaten up and things I mean it's um for me sitting through like I had no idea the level of that until even when I went to my first orientation I sat in there and could tell like I truly at my age with all my resources would be afraid to go home with some of the people that were in these classes because yeah. it was so obvious that it wasn't about love that they were taking the kids and they just seemed, you know, Paycheck. like edgy or whatever. Yeah. And, and as I said, like not to be judgmental, but it was, you know, like I, I literally would have been afraid to go home with them. And you just think of that five-year-old child or three-year-old child as you were, you know, sitting on a curb with, I heard this story about someone got their son. He had a garbage bag of his, toys on one side of him and a garbage bag of his clothes on another and he was sitting between them on a curb waiting yeah. for the parent to show up yeah. and I'm sure if you were bounced around you have the garbage bag experience oh yeah yeah most definitely it sucks and I, I agree it's they call it a paycheck you know and I think today's day you know and even way back when I was I mean, 1986 when I went to the foster care system there was no technology no tv nobody listened there's you know it's just a kid riding around, and for me, it was, you have no idea when you're going to be picked up, but sure enough, just like you're talking about, there's those garbage bags, and they pick you up and drop you off at a new place, and essentially, as long as you don't die, you, they still get paid. So, I mean, yeah. who's going to listen to the, the word of a six-year-old who wants to go back to their mom? So, no matter what I said uh, or told them about what was going on, nobody believed me. Wow. Yeah, that's that's the part of it that I, you know, hope to really start advocating for, and um, because it, as I said, just being in the, like I had done volunteer work years ago in the space, which I started learning a lot of, you know, the women who'd been sexually abused and all sorts of things. And then what, you know, that's what made me want to take jelly bean. Um, but then, you know, actually sitting in the classes with the people and seeing it, you know, like firsthand what you can just envision what would be going on. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. So amazing that you got out of that. I would love to hear a little bit more about like your first steps in becoming great. Oh yeah. Well, the first step was, was the decision. I think right. <laughs> yeah, that, so. I mean, after, um, after that girl said that statement, it's kind of this thing where, where I think for us as people, we always have to figure out how to start. Like that's a scary thing usually is how do I start this? You know, it, it doesn't yeah. mean, you know, it's going to be the same for everybody. A lot of the time it's completely different. What will be, you know, start starting for you. And what I first have people do is, is start with whatever scares you. The reason it scares you is because you find it important. Like, that's it. Certain things, they don't scare me. Like, I don't see it as, as fearful, but other people may look at that thing and be so afraid of it. But it's only because to them, that thing's incredibly important. 
and it could be a passion project. It could be starting something special or new. Uh, it could mean removing yourself from a situation, right? No matter what it is, you find it scary because it's important. Uh, and so from that point, that's the first piece is like, okay, I know this thing scares me. I'm going to chase that little thing. And I find that that if we don't do that in life, we start to settle and we start to feel, you know, just pretty much mediocre. And we, we accept average things in our life. And average is obviously the enemy, you know, of great. And actually good is the enemy of great. But yeah. if you're choosing to be average, you get stuck. And then you make great excuses as to why you can't move. That's what I find with a lot of people I work with is the excuses are amazing. Like we sit there and, and people, <laughs> I mean, before we even start like talking, they'll start rattling off all these amazing excuses. And not to say that some aren't viable excuses. What I do know 100% is no matter what excuse it is, good or bad, if it stands in the way of you reaching your goal, it's an excuse. You got to figure a way around it. You just find a solution, right? Yeah. So well, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. What's your question? No, I was just going to say, so the, pa- I mean, it's so funny because when I weight loss coach people too, as I'm sure you know, and yeah. um, it, it is, it's always finding, I mean, I've never looked at it as finding, you know, the thing that scares you, but I, before I even worry about food, like I just have them log everything they're eating for three yeah. days and um, help them find their passion. And a lot of times I push them to go do, like a lot of people don't even know. Like a lot of mm-hmm. people are afraid, as I'm sure you've experienced, to even have a dream or to express yeah. a dream. I agree. And so it's, that is the, a huge, huge piece. Yeah, I mean, I, the reason, um, I'm going to break this down because this will make more sense, I think. So trust your hustle is, is my everything. It's it's my life. It's how I live my life. It's it's a method. It's a business. It's a message, right? But trust your hustle. If you look at the concept of it, it ties what you just talked about. A lot of people are afraid to even chase a dream. And the reason is because they don't trust. So I, I like years ago, I, this, this message just flew out of my mouth. It was an accident and it turned into a whole business. Like that's kind of how it turned yeah. out. Um, but what it started with was this, this thing where I was like, okay, what does trust your hustle really mean, right? We know that, you know, hustle is what you have to do to, to get uh, something accomplished, to reach a big goal. But a lot of the world tells us there's something wrong. You're missing this. You have to have this, these kind of shoes. You have to look this way. You have to talk this way, dress this way. So everything's external. But we never flip it and say, like, am I okay? Like, just me? <laughs> like, do I have whatever I need in my body? And so for me, what, what I realize is trust is a big thing because the concept is based in your ability to trust yourself. Trust the problem we have, a lot of us, is it's, it's broken because we failed somewhere along the lines. So because we tried something and failed in the past, we have an inherent inability to trust our future progress. And so people don't take steps because they're like, well, in the past I tried this and I wasn't very good at this. And, you know, I just, I'm probably not very great at whatever I try, right? So they have this, this running conversation and it's because they've always focused on what they didn't do well, not on what they did do well. And so because of that, we, we just are always locked there. And for some reason as people, we always are quick to express or talk about the things we aren't good at, how bad we look, you know, what we, what we didn't do as opposed to saying, you know what? I'm good at this and I did a great job here and I'm phenomenal at this. It's a rarity. And so because our brain is already wired to talk negative, we don't take the first step and move in the right direction at all. Yeah, it is amazing how I think not only do we have our own negative self-talk, but people, if you um, declare a big dream, and in my case, even telling people that I was, you know, getting a foster child, people I didn't even know very well in some instances were telling me how hard it was going to be, how I shouldn't do it, how I blah, 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 blah. And I literally yeah. had to be like, love zone, already decided, you yeah. know, and like lovingly shut them down. So, um, yeah, that's a part of the I process. Mean, yes, it's amazing. So it's, that's it's, okay. 
a hundred percent that way because a lot of people they uh, it's like I always have that same statement of people want to see you do well but not better than them. And at the end of the day, if they can't do it, it's it's tough for them to accept that somebody else can, especially when they're closer to you. That's the hard thing. It's weird. The closest people to you be the ones that will give you the least amount of support. Well, I think because they're in fearful in their own, like they couldn't handle it or they heard one or two bad stories and those are the only stories they heard. Um, and going back to the foster care, you know, like I always tell people that, especially at my age, like every path that I could go down has risks. So Mm -hmm. it's a matter of, you know, this is one that I can feel good about because I'm also giving back and potentially, I mean, you'll probably agree with this, but not only changing one life, but changing a series of lives, like changing her fate, which will change other people's fate in the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly how it's supposed to happen. I think from a standpoint of humanity, it's how everything has happened. Somebody did something that, that led us to this point in time right now. Well, we have to go to break, but when we come back, we're going to hear a little bit about your American Ninja Warrior experience, because I'm dying to hear that. Um, And then also, we're going to learn a little bit more about how you go deep with your coaching clients. So stay tuned, everyone. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Tune in to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields, from business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here with Anthony Trucks, who has the Trust Your Hustle 
mantra, lifestyle, etc. You've seen him on American Ninja Warrior. You've seen him in the NFL. Um, he's just an all-around rock star who went on to become this amazing entrepreneur. Um, Anthony, I want to talk a little bit about Ninja Warrior. One, because we all know that it's super cool. But two, because I think, I mean, as someone who's been on television, and I'm sure people at home can relate to this, like, you can be really nervous in general on television just because of the pressure of that and the fans and whatever. Um, And here you are doing this, like, superhuman strength. Can you tell us a little bit about that training process and the mental state that it took to get as far as you can, like, as far as you did? Yeah. And also, like, I know you're going forward on the show, too. So I, um, or, like, coming back. And I'd just love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, man. It was a a whole new thing for me. It's odd because I guess... I had a weird advantage with the uh, the lights and the you know the whole like situation there with all the fans. I played professional football, so it's literally <laughs> you have millions of people watching you all the time, critiquing everything you do. So I was able to shut it out. Now I'm not going to lie though, because the moment you get up to the differences in a football field, it's me and you know ten other guys and eleven on the other team. You're not never like by yourself by yourself, but on this, all of a sudden you're up there and there's a bunch of lights. <laughs> Your face is only you and a screen, and it's like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and the buzzer goes off, and then you just run, right? So that mentality behind that for me, uh, the big piece, it was just kind of going back to my zone and, and focus on what's in front of me. I think uh, that was probably that's the key for me. But then once you start doing well, you can't help but, like, take a breath, and then all of a sudden you realize, like, oh, crap, I'm really hanging <laughs> in the middle of this thing, and, and there's hundreds of people watching, and it's just, you know, there's lights, and I don't know, it's nuts, but it's a blast. I think I embrace and love that stuff. My wife, on the other hand, she, like, is deathly afraid of any of it. She physically <laughs> could probably do it, but she's like, I will never, ever, ever go on TV like that. So wow. so she's not doing that. The training aspect for me was way different. I, I'm i a big guy. Like, when they called me to be on the show, I was 238 pounds. Wow. and. Most of the other guys, you know, the heavier guys, like a buck 70, 180 pounds at most. And so for me coming in, I'm already like almost a full person bigger than some of the people out there. <laughs> and, uh, and so far, I was like, I got to figure a way to get lighter. I got to find a way to, to do this. A lot of it was food. I had to get really, uh, really strict with the diet. I mean, I had nothing for an entire month. I had nothing cheat, like no cheat meals. I had, you know, no sugar. I, I was taking, you know, pretty much almost all the carbohydrates out uh, that were, you know, starchy carbs and, and the, the simple stuff. I just, I tried to cut down as best I could and it worked. I showed up to the show a, a lot lighter, it was about 225. And uh, and I did well the first year, which was last year. I went from the city, at first I went on the obstacle, got a buzzer. So I went from the city qualifiers to the finals. This year went from, again, the city qualifiers to the finals. Both years, Sally did not make it onto Vegas. It's tough because they go the first 100 go, they take the top 30. Then from the top 30, top 15 go to Vegas, which is where the, the real show begins, I'll say. And I uh, didn't make it there. But training-wise, for me, it was difficult because I have this issue where I'm, I'm so heavy that I started getting, like, joint pain in my elbows. So technically, uh, I, can, yeah. I can hang and do this stuff, like, body control-wise. But I can't be up there as long as those other people are. Just, I'm just too heavy to do it. But I have a blast. It's seriously the coolest thing to, like, to go from competing in, you know, the National Football League and doing a whole different kind of competition to doing something on, on you know, national TV in a fun way. The coolest thing for me of all is that my family is right there when I'm doing the run. Like, that's cool to see my kids. Uh, my wife, 
read something um, recently that says, you know, all parents or all kids need to have parents that they can be proud of, uh, parents that they can, you know, brag about. And I think that I've that with this. I'm sure. So how, like, how does it work in terms of, do you get to practice on that obstacle course somehow before? Or (laughs) do you just have to, no? No. Like, so when you do, you just, do you know what exactly the course is going to be? uh, Nope. They, you know nothing until you show up. You literally you show up, and they, they right before you do your run, they give you a walkthrough. So you get to walk through, and you have the tester. They have one person will go through each obstacle one time as they explain the rules. That's the first time you see the course. The next time you see it, you're running it. It's that simple. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, talk about stress. <laughs> so even that's yeah. an extra level because you're like, I've never done this before. I hope I don't fall. Here we go. Right. Well, especially because, you know, that one that you is a big loop and you have to like um, turn it around to lock it in before you can go on to the next thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like that, when I watch it on TV, I'm like, how do you even learn how to do that? You don't. They they give you a rundown. And I mean, if you watch the ninjas in the corral before they go, because we saw it, a lot of guys and girls have their headphones on, their eyes closed, visualizing that. Like they'll just you got you got to pretty much walk through it in your head prior to ever going up there, and then when it's up there, it's get focused and be able to zone out. That's why some people sometimes wear headphones, and they they go in there, they have their headphones on, so they can tune out the noise and just focus on what they have in front of them. Wow, that's crazy. It's funny because I've I did um, Food Fighters on NBC also, and. Yeah. Um, it was one of those, like, we had this giant, the person at home had a teeny tiny little kitchen, and they had all the ingredients that they needed right in front of them, and yeah. we had this giant stadium kitchen with everything you could ever have in a restaurant, and huh. ingredients everywhere, and, like, seriously, my biggest challenge in the end was I had to make mac and cheese, and I didn't, like, I couldn't find the strainer, <laughs> and then I couldn't find anything to taste it with, like, literally, oh, wow. and so I wound up, like, eating off a giant ladle, <laughs> like, <laughs> and my, my, like, macaroni was a little runny because I couldn't get a straight, like, I was trying to scoop it out, yeah. um, and so it's funny, but that's a whole other level of, you know, like, mine was I couldn't find things, and it messed up my culinary prowess, yeah. but, but to have, like, God, I can't even imagine. It's crazy. I mean, I didn't know what it was like. My first year, like, first off, I didn't sign myself up. My wife did it. She snuck in there and ah! she filled out the application. I was like, can't you to film this video for this thing. So ah. I filmed the video. And then, you know, months later, I get this random call like, hey, you're on this TV show. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I guess I am. So, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that whole thing. But after, I, I think after you get past the whole, like, um, like, in the first couple seconds of it, everything gets smoother. At least it did for me. So it's kind of like I, I went into to mode or my zone. But yeah, I, that TV, it's scary. All those dynamics. Most people, it's kind of like the whole speaking thing. Like I speak and most people are like, how do you do that? I'd be freaked out. It's like either you can or you can't. Um, but if you can, you embrace it. If you can't, you don't do it. Right. Well, and so the can, like what is it that you tell yourself that allows you to do it? I'm not going to die. I think that's <laughs> literally <laughs> it. Sounds odd. It's like I'm, I'm not going to die. So what's really the worst that can happen? Like I fall or somebody says no or you know, like I think that the entirety of my life and, and anybody, you could look back on your life. There's been a lot of things we all encounter that we, did, we didn't want to do at the time or it was scary. And I look at it as that was a moment in time when you think about it, it was tough. You were scared like and you had this, you know, you know maybe a, a intensity like welling up in like your body and you felt just nervous. 
But then you can always picture a moment after that where you're incredibly happy, like joyous, laughing, hanging out with friends. So my thought is, okay, I'm in this moment now, but I just got to get through it because I know one of those happy moments is coming. And so that's how I, I wow. talk to myself about like, look, you're, you're not going to die. You're going to get through this. It might suck. But in our society nowadays, I mean, few people can even remember a, a video they watched two days ago. So they're not going to remember what true. happened with you. That is true. It's funny for me. So I'm inherently very shy Mm -hmm. and I don't have trouble speaking because I focus on the service of it. Like I really, it excites me so much. Like I realize to like share my message with people and like give them good tips and you know, all that kind of stuff. So I really focus on that. Like if I just, I mean, I'm going to be doing a speaking engagement to an entrepreneur organization coming up like a um, regional conference. And it's all about, Ooh, these executives don't know that there's 79 grams of sugar in burgers sometimes, you know? And like, so I just string together a million tips that I think can really impact. And then suddenly it just all becomes quote easy. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure you've had that experience. Yeah. It's it's the, uh, they call the confidence, confidence cycle. Uh, It's so whatever you're competent in, like whatever, you know, you have confidence speaking about it. So like my mother-in-law, she's Filipino and and she, uh, that's a reason for that. I'm gonna tell you that in a second. Um, And she had to speak at work. She works at Genentech in San Francisco and she makes lumpias. Like she's really good at making amazing lumpias. She's like, you know, I'm really nervous, Anthony. I I got to give these presentations in front of people and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, think about this. What do you know really well? She's like, I know how to make lumpias. I said, if they put you up there and told you, you have to teach everybody else to make lumpias, how would you do? Oh, I'd kill it. I know everything about lumpias. I said that all you need to do is know your information as thoroughly as you know how to make lumpias. When you know that, there's no problem because most of the time we're not afraid of talking. We're afraid of ridicule. We're afraid of feedback. And so if you know the answers to everything, which you're confident about what you're talking about, people can ask you any question they want to and you'll know the answer to it. And here's the one thing people miss. It's okay to not know the answer. If you don't know the answer, just say, hey, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. Let me figure that out and get back to you. And you move on. It's that simple. If you can do that, you can do all those little things. You can get in front of a lot of people. It's much easier. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to your business because I know you've transformed so many lives. Um, So I'm a client who's super stuck. Uh And you say that you help them find what they're most scared at. What does the process look like coaching with you? So like it's, how it's does a, it start? Yeah, it's a method I go through. So the trust trestle process actually has a, a blueprint called the Creari blueprint. Creari means to create, right? So my yeah. big thing is we're all trying to create a better tomorrow, trying to create a better life in some way. And it may mean creating a better body. It may mean creating a better relationship, a better business, a uh, better anything, right? And the, the steps we have to go through are all the same. There's three specific steps, and the steps are called see, sacrifice, and sustain. And each of the steps has little segments inside of it. I'm not going to go super deep into it, but I'll give you kind of like the overarching aspect of how we start. Um, the first aspect to the Creary Blueprint is clarity. So a lot of us were unclear at all on what we're passionate about, what we should do, what we want to do, what we, you know, what, what stopped us in the past. And so clarity at the end of the day becomes the biggest aspect to our, our, our blockage, so to speak. So we first start with is two aspects of clarity and it's seeing, hey, what's, what kept you stuck? Like what were the, the real aspects of what kept you in the place? And this is where we usually dig in and get really real. 
because people start telling me these excuses and I dig out uh, and kind of uncover a lot of the things <laughs> to make it look like, hey, you thought this was an excuse, but here's how the problem's going to work. We're not going to accept that as an excuse in certain aspects because that's going to keep you blocked. And honestly, some of these things you can't change. This is just your reality, right? If I always in my life use the excuse of I was a foster kid, I'd never be anybody better. I'd always tell myself this is my excuse and therefore I'd be stuck there. So sometimes it's getting people out of their own way and releasing the ego. The ego is what I call EGO, everyone's greatest obstacle. So if we can put your ego away just a little bit, we can help you get more clarity. And then we start looking at what can you pursue, right? So the biggest thing is, hey, what can you start looking forward to? The next step is called prospects. So what are your prospects of life? Now that you have this, it's clear, okay, this kept me stuck. Here's where I can go. Now it's saying, what do you want to chase? And here's what a lot of people are looking for. Excuse me. People are looking for their purpose right now. They're like, I want to know what I'm here to do, which is what we all want. We all want to know, hey, what am I here to do, right? When you have that, like, it's great. They said the two most important days in your life are the day you were born, the day you found out why. Your purpose. The problem is that a lot of people aren't willing to do the work to find the purpose. They think, you know, they're sitting like they're sitting in some chair uh, in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden this rock's going to hit their head and it's going to be the the rock of purpose. Like, oh, that's what it is. And I'm going to start doing that, right? But it actually never happens that way. It's kind of like walking this this road in the dark. And what it is is you're, you're listening and you're following certain things. And those certain things are your passions. There's certain things that we all like. We wake up in the morning like, God, I would love to do that every day for my life. But I can't because of X, Y, Z excuse. But if we found a way to start chasing that passion, even if it's something off the wall, crazy, nobody would expect, no one would even accept, you still got to chase it, right? That's your passion right now. The cool thing is passions change. Like my passion as a kid, you know, when I was growing up was football. My passion when I became a dad was be a great dad. Then it was be a great gym owner. Then be a great speaker. Now it's like be a great transformational coach. So the passions change. But along that road, it's kind of like walking in. All of a sudden, you step in a pothole of purpose. You're moving. You're grooving. And you're chasing some weird passion. All of a sudden, boom. It's kind of like a tree branch is the way I can best you know, make it make sense like from a standpoint of just picturing it. A tree branch is growing, but it branches off. And at the end of it, it has that beautiful fruit, right? So what happens is people have to keep letting that tree branch grow as opposed to chopping the branch off. When that tree branch grows, it grows in all sorts of crazy, weird directions, but it eventually has a great fruit at the end. Then once you have this idea of what you're going to do, you got to sacrifice to get that next piece. So a lot of people, sometimes they happen upon what they want to do. Like, I want to do this thing, but they don't do the work, the hard work to actually achieve it. And it's scary because we don't know if it's going to work out. And so what I tell people is you have to do ready, fire, aim. You get ready. You find out what you want to do. Do the work. Fire. And then it's kind of like a gun. Sometimes if you ever bought a brand new gun, the sights aren't lined up. You take a shot. It shoots off to the right. Most people don't put the gun down and never shoot it again. They adjust the sights. They get it dialed in. They take another shot to get closer to the bullseye and closer to the bullseye until eventually you're hitting it dead on. And so as we pursue these different things, we have to take our shots. And then if it's off, which it typically is, you just dial the sights in and keep on moving. You have to sacrifice to do this work. Everything we want in a life is going to take a little bit more of us we're willing to give. We have to sacrifice a lot of the time who we are now for who we'll become later on. And then the last piece, sustain, is how do I sustain this long term? A lot of us, we want that quick fix and the fast jolt, just like you've seen in the, in the health world. They want that quick thing. But the problem is at the end of the day, 
there's going to be something you have to do habit-wise to sustain that over time. And if you can do that, you don't get to that point where you're up and down and yo-yo dieting. You know why you're doing this because you're clear on it. You've seen it. You've sacrificed to get this done and you have habits in place to sustain it. It's so true. It's funny. I just did an article yesterday and was talking about exactly this, like what you wish you or what you yeah wish you knew before you lost weight. And that's, you know, like that one, it has to be sustainable. I also like I wanted to jump into the excuses a tiny bit and we are going to break in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. But um, I think like one of the examples that I often use is no matter who I have as a client, I often hear, oh, I'm single. I live alone. I can't eat healthy because then I buy food and it goes bad before I have a chance to cook it by myself. And um, or, you know, it's not worth cooking for one person or whatever. And then I get people in relationships or with families who are like, oh, I can't cook or I can't eat healthy because my family brings bad food into the house. Yeah. And I just love that example because I think we can all see how like. You know, there are people who live alone who do it. And there are people who are in relationships who do it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but those are, you know, those can be legit excuses, um, except that you, there's answers. I'll, right? I'll tell you, exa- when we get back from break, I'll tell you exactly why that takes place. And I'll, I'll tell you how to, how to actually uncover that, too. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yes, as you said, we well, before we go to break, can you quickly yeah. tell people how they can find you so that they can look during the break in case they want to, you know, start yeah. emailing already? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, why not? Uh, I'm very active on Instagram. So at Anthony Trucks, just like it sounds, T-R-U-C-K-S. And then um, the company email, if you want to reach me or my team, it's contact at anthonytrucks.com. I love it. Okay, on that note, uh, we are going to break and we will be right back and Anthony is going to make this all easy for us. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. 
Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here with Ninja Warrior, Anthony Trucks. He's a former NFLer. He came from the foster care system and now has a platform called Trust Your Hustle, which transforms tons of lives. Uh, Anthony, we were talking about excuses before the Mm -hmm. break, and I know you have a lot of insights and you've helped people get through a lot of them. Do you mind sharing a little bit of that with us today? Let's do it. So you had mentioned some people that there's no matter what position they're in, they always get a good excuse. And the reason we get a good excuse is because we want to have a reason to be able to sleep better at night knowing we're not doing what we're supposed to do. That's just it. Like we all want to be able to get a good night's rest. And 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 it's it's something that's funny is because we all have them. We'll make something up unique. And and here's what I figured out. The reason that we make these excuses up when we're trying to chase a goal, we say, hey, I want this, but I can't because of X, Y, Z, is because we don't have the right anchor. So think about a boat sitting in the ocean, and it's just, it's not anchored. It floats around. It it can drive itself to a place it wants to be, but if you don't anchor the boat, the boat ends up somewhere else. It's like when we say, hey, I really want to lose weight, and I'm going to go and do all my, you know, my shopping to get the the stuff done, and I'm going to go ahead and get great, you know, my my body healthy, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's a cake. (laughs) And so (laughs) we drift off to the cake. And so what the anchor is, is it's the reason that is so deep and so dark, it's embarrassing to share in public that will keep you right where you're supposed to be. And I learned this when I had a client named Francine come in back in like 2014, I want to say. She came in, she's standing next to me, and and I don't even know her. She's a you know, short little woman, and she's real nice, and she's she comes close and says, hey, I, 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 uh, I kind of want to get in better shape. And I say, well, why do you want to get in better shape? She says, well, I, I want to lose, you know, like 10 to 15 pounds. I want to get, you know, a little bit healthier. And I'm like, why do you want to get healthier? She starts getting closer to me. Now, as she's getting closer to me, I'm kind of like, why is this woman getting closer to me? I don't know who yeah. she is. But yeah. she was getting quieter and she didn't want anybody to hear her, right? She gets closer and says, well, I, I, I kind of want to fit into these, these jeans I used to fit into when I was in high school. And I was like, well, why do you want to fit in these jeans? And she gets real close to me and she's looking me right in my eyes and she says, because I don't think I'm attractive to my husband and I think it's affecting my marriage. Oh. And I was like, wow, like this, this was the reason that if she had a bad day at work, the kids are acting up, she woke up tired. That's the reason she'll come to the gym as opposed to, don't you want to get in better shape? Yeah, but I, I had a long day. There's always this one thing that we'll set an intention for, but there has to be an anchor deep enough for us that sometimes we are too embarrassed to share publicly that will keep us on that route. If you don't know what that is, if you haven't dug it up or you don't have it present in your mind, no matter what day you go through, you'll always have the ability to float off into the ocean of cake. And that for me is the biggest thing to try to impart upon people is before we get started, why are we starting? Like, and, then, and it's really like, why are we starting? And I've had presentations and speeches where I dig into people um, publicly. And, and sometimes it's embarrassing for them. And I don't, I don't in any way mean to embarrass them. But I want you to get out of your own way. 
And sometimes it makes you know hard on me, but I have to push a little bit to get people to uncover what that thing is. And, and some people, there's, there's tears that come out and it's, it's tough. And sometimes it's actually cathartic to let it out for the first time. Like, you know, to be like, you know, there's this reason I'm doing this is because I was abused as a kid and nobody knows, you know, or um, people to say, you know, I, I just, I've always felt like it wasn't love. Like there's a lot of things that come out that are tied to so many areas of our life. But the moment you put it out there and it's real and it's present, now you have a reason to stick to it. And here's another big thing. We have friends who always want to pull us off path. They don't intentionally want to, but like, it's, it's okay. Just come eat with us. Just get something like a salad. Then you get there. It's like, oh, come on. You can cheat one day. Like they just, they want to <laughs> force you out of it. And so yeah. when they know that you have a big enough yes, it makes it easy for you to say no. The reason we typically don't say you know, no to something is because we can't come up with a reason that's a big enough yes we've already said yes to. But if you have a phenomenally powerful yes, it makes it easy to say no because you're not going to say yes to the new thing because it means saying no to something you already said yes to. So that's the biggest thing. It's, it's having you know, that. Here. I was going to say, you know what I find really funny about that and so true? So over the years, when I got to work with Biggest Loser, um, people, if you go into a restaurant and you're like, oh, I want this and this on the side and blah, 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 the waitresses roll their eyes. But yeah. anytime I was with a Biggest Loser contestant and they were like, I'm on the Biggest Loser, or even when people are doing like a Biggest Loser contestant at work, yeah. somehow the waitress gets enrolled in that because yeah. they know the stakes in that. And then suddenly you could make 400 adjustments and they're going to take it seriously. They're going to take it to the kitchen and it comes back in that way. Yeah. And as I said, I found it really fascinating. And I sometimes when I go to a restaurant, if I need to make like if it looks like it's in middle America and there aren't a lot of healthy options, yeah. I can say, you know what? I'm a chef on TV. My whole life depends on me being fit. Is there any way you could just take all of the vegetables you have and stick them in a bowl like raw <laughs> and, you know, like I'll make my own salad kind of thing, like literally. And yeah. then they'll be like, oh, OK. But if I like ask that same thing, like. You know, just take everything, not like, because I don't eat white, I call it white lettuce. Yeah. Um, like, remain in, you know, so many times when you go to middle America, it's like, oh, yeah, and, and like, there's no point, it's a vehicle for mm -hmm. salad dressing, in my yeah. view. And so, like, I'll literally be like, can you take the peppers and the onions and the da 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 you know, like the whatever, and I'll stick them all in a bowl and call it a salad and charge me whatever you need to. And, yeah. and as I said, when you tell them that there's a reason behind it, they will completely accommodate you. But yeah. if you just sound like some high-maintenance pain in the butt, they're like, forget about it. They don't yeah. want to deal. <laughs> it's all context. All, all humans, we need context for what we're doing. And, that, and whether it's even for ourselves there's got to be a context for why this is going on. So you have to set the anchor, which is your context. I love it. And so I know that um, you have worked with so many people that you have to have a couple common tips that you find over and over. Obviously, there's the excuses, the anchors. Yeah. Is there something else that jumps out right now? That oh, you yeah. There is um, everything. So this is something I tell people. Nothing matters until the moment that it matters. And so if you have this intention of like, hey, I'm gonna you know, eat super clean for the next week, it doesn't matter what you tell me right now on Sunday. If Tuesday comes and in the moment of being you know, at work and there's these cupcakes that somebody brought in for so-and-so's birthday, that is the moment that it matters. It doesn't matter on Sunday, it matters right now oh. on Tuesday. 
right? And so yeah. what you have to do is be your own momentary coach. And like my son, he's eight years old and the kid has zero filter. He does not think about anything before he does it. <laughs> Drives me insane. <laughs> and so what, what I am trying to get him to, to get done in his life is like, and he's eight, I get that, is yeah. to think for just a split second and be his own momentary coach. Like in the moment, how can I master this moment? Here's why. Mastering moments moves mountains. Like if you think about moving a mountain in your life, it's, it's huge to move a mountain of weight, move a mountain of, of time, move a mountain of, of income, whatever it is. But you have to master the moments when it matters. And so in those moments, you have to stop for a second, breathe and say, okay, cool. What's my anchor? Should I do this? Does it take me closer to or farther away? And then you, in the moment, stop. If you need to stop, stop and make a decision there and stick with your decision. You've got to be your own coach. Like I coach people, but I can't walk around with you in your pocket. I'm not the Indian in the cupboard. It's on you. And so yeah. the only way I can get you to be there is that you know why you're anchored down. And at the end of the day, you can make decisions in the moments that they matter. And then what you have to do is you have to have somebody that can celebrate with you. So tell somebody, hey, I was at work today. The cupcakes came in. They looked amazing, but I didn't eat one. And it's got to be this thing where when you tell that person like, yeah, awesome, like they, they cheer you on, they celebrate you so that you get that other piece because humans, we're built for relationship and we need that communication. It's, it's necessary. It's inherent in us. And so that's the biggest thing is be your own coach in the moment that it matters and have somebody you can share it with that is just as excited about your success as you are. They got to want to see you win. There are a few of these people, sadly, but there's going to be some people that they're not threatened by your success. And they want to see you succeed. It's typically a coach because everybody, when you win, they win, right? That's that's one of the best people is when you have a coach that's there like, hey, um, if you win, I win. We're both on the same team. We're working together. And so having that person to get that accountability piece in place and have the celebration is a humongous need. I completely agree. And I know a lot of people feel that they wouldn't be able to afford you or another coach. So in those cases, I always tell people to have a friend who has the same goal and then report the successes to that person or text the like commit to texting when there's something that you quote, I I should say, don't want to be doing, not shouldn't do, but like cupcakes just came to work, (laughs) Yeah, you know, and like text the person before you engage in any of that. It's amazing how that other person could be like, you can do this. And like, let's go, you know, let's do it. Like that'll totally blow our walk last night or whatever. So as I said, I mean, I think that, um, more people I think can afford coaches than realize, but if you're truly feeling like the struggle and you need like a friend for that, just, I don't know. I think every single coach on the planet will tell you a buddy is like, it's huge. Yeah. And you know, really I mean, the is. thing is you don't have to have a one-on-one coach. Coaching comes in so many forms nowadays. Like I have mass, you know, group coaching programs where there's a lot of people in one area and, and there's a community that gets built up common goal, same structure and content. I coach periodically, but the community, I mean, that's what you're really looking for is a community. It's always better to have one, but having 50 is even better. People supporting you and winning, like wanting you to win. And the big thing with community is you have to invest in the community. So you have to celebrate other people in order to get them to celebrate you. It's just difficult sometimes when you haven't met the same goal that they have just yet because now you're celebrating somebody who's done something you want to do and envy pops in and it's difficult. So there's some things you have to work through as a person internally. But once you get to that moment where you've won and you celebrate that and somebody like gets super like more excited than you, like you, you lock into that as humans. We like, we have serotonin and dopamine that dump into our brain and we feel so good that we want that feeling again. So we do that same action again. And now, Oh, lo and behold, 
you'd start developing good habits and you start changing your lifestyle. So true. So I want to talk very quickly. We're getting toward the very end of the show, but you said something during the break that I want to share, Yeah. Um, which was you're like, you believe you're a man of faith. You believe that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And I feel the exact same way. What I loved what you said was that, and I think this is the part that people sometimes miss is that you do the work and then if things happen the way they're supposed to. And I think that's the part that, you know, people feel they're not lucky or they feel whatever Mm -hmm. it is. But the truth is, I think we can talk to any entrepreneur, any coach, anybody who's been really successful for the most part. Yes, there are lottery winners and there's other like freaks of nature that are, you know, like not worth banking on. But, and honestly, I don't think those people enjoy the success as much anyway when they get it like that. Yeah. But it, it truly is. It's it's really about putting the work in and, and really, really um, trusting what you're doing and that it will pay off because you're so passionate and in love with it and then just letting the universe take over. Is yeah, that, you got to trust God your hustle. Or whoever, yeah. Literally, it's what it boils down to. <sighs> what I realize is I found that our life has, uh, like things are set up for us to do well. We just mess it up. Life has a really cool way of working out. And, and there's the, the thing is, is, you're going to get what's supposed to happen. And it, sometimes it sucks, right? And sometimes you get things you get, like you don't like them right now, but it was supposed to happen. The way I look at my past is, is it happened because it was supposed to. I appreciate everything. I don't like it all, but I appreciate it because it put me on a path I'm on. And so the thing is, is I step back and I say, look, I've done all the work leading up to now. Whatever's supposed to unfold is going to unfold the way it's supposed to unfold. As opposed to being mad I didn't get what I want, let me figure out that it, whatever else I got because what I got might be what I needed to get at this moment. But I'll completely miss it if I'm clouded up with being in my own head about what I thought I was supposed to get and entitled to get. And the moment that you start switching that around, you start finding silver linings all over the place and you become a rich person. Well, and especially in today's day and age, I think it's really easy to go on Instagram and be envious of pretty much everyone, to be honest. Like, right. It's like, it's just constantly in your face, especially if you're spending a lot of time there. Okay. We are down to our last two minutes. I want to hear one more time because I'm sure people are going to want to look you up. How do we get in touch with you? Yeah. Go to Instagram at Anthony Trucks, or you can email me and the team at contact at anthonytrucks.com or Check out the website, anthonytrucks.com. Everything's my name. <laughs> so pretty awesome. much where pop the name in. That, that makes it so super easy. Well, thanks again for joining us. Do you have one little sentence or anything you want to say to motivate people today? Or Yeah. Uh, go out there. Stop making stupid excuses. Check yourself. <laughs> learn to trust your hustle by taking action and loving the success you have. I love it. Well, have a great, great week, everyone. I will look forward to having you back next week. And Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Very welcome. My pleasure. All right. Have a great one, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Influencers channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.